Okay, give me give me a countdown. Three, two, one. All right, welcome back to Riding the Pine. It is uh, episode ten of quarantine. Uh, this week we actually do have a special episode. We actually have some hockey shit to talk about uh, with Gary Bettman's address to the league and, and to the whole world, uh, addressing how he's going to bring back hockey at a date to be disclosed. But anyways, let's get to introductions. Um, this week again, we have Adam Pagula, Pig. How's it, how, you, how are you? Wonderful. I was and full of energy 51 minutes ago. What's that? I was full of energy 51 minutes ago. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, hopefully, um, hopefully we'll have video this time. You see Craven wearing his back-to-back um, Penguins Cup shirt just to be disrespectful. How are you, Josh? I was ready to do predictions, but I mean, apparently we don't have fun. So, so sorry, guys, all the listeners that want to do predictions. Drew can't do it because he doesn't even know the bracket. I don't think. <laughs> I will say the beard looks good, the hair looks terrible like always. Anyways, Jesse, how are you doing, buddy? I'm uh, better today, uh, like I think 2000 on this island that I'm on in quarantine. Uh, it's, it's crazy out here, and I, I, I'm going insane, as, as you can see. It's, it's uh, this bird poop right over my left shoulder. It's getting wild out here. It's getting shitty. Yeah. All right, well. Uh, doing good. Um, doing a lot of projects around the house, like we've been saying. Um, what projects? Planting my garden. Uh, I planted my garden. Um, painted, I don't know, a bunch of house work. Bunch of have, you, uh, have you found your wedding ring? Drew, for nope. all the listeners, Drew nope. uh, lost his wedding ring and we hasn't lost. really been looking for it. Um, it's yeah. somewhere in the grass. And uh, yeah. I don't think he cares. <laughs> I think he did on purpose. I do care. Last Monday was. Um, huh? Have you looked for it? Yes. I, yeah, I got a. I got Dad's um, metal detector, and I've been sweeping for it. But um, well, didn't you see his Twitter video? He just he's out in the wilderness, just and then a thought occurs to him, and he has to do his Twitter live videos. Yeah. Hey guys, I'm yeah. just out here sweeping the grass for my wedding ring. You know, my wife's making mm-hmm. me sleep in the barn until I find it. But I thought I should update <laughs> on the flash hell situation. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, for the listeners, if you if you aren't online, Josh has been on my ass saying, you know, not on my ass, but he's always said that we should get on and consistently give updates on Twitter and on Instagram and all different types of social media stuff. So I finally got the balls to try it. Um, Adam himself also sent a video. Um, so yeah, we're going to start kind of, I don't know, adding more content. I mean, but not playoff why not? predictions. Not playoff predictions. We hate playoff predictions. No, they'll be coming this week. Um, I just didn't have time to look at the actual um, line, the, the combinations, and I wanted to go through the. We got a lot to go through this Gary Bettman shit and the Eisenman press conference. And I think that's going to be quite an episode in itself. I mean, this is most excited I've been since all this stuff has happened. Hockey, at least for the most part, looks like no matter what, they're going to do it. No matter how long it takes, basically, they are willing to push the season back. The next season, I mean. They're going to push it back as far as it takes to finish the season. I didn't think they would be able to do that. 
they're going to do it. So I'm pumped. So we got, let's, let's break it down guys. So I'm sure most of the listeners um, probably already saw Batman's video. Um, it's a 2014 playoff series um, with, which what starts with a, with anyone who uh, was on the bubble has to fight it out for an actual position. And then, uh, right. Not everybody. What's just, Pittsburgh wasn't on the bubble. Yeah, you're right. Giving on a shot of his tin as he's packing one. So no, basically <laughs> what's happening is the top four teams in each conference are guaranteed to be in the playoffs. Right. What they're going to do is they're going to have a round robin series to determine uh, sets, or I'm sorry, positions one through four at the top of each conference. And I'm just going to go down my list of who should be pissed at each individual level, and I'm going to start it right off with the Boston Bruins and the St. Louis Blues. Blues not yes. so much, but Bruins definitely. Thanks. They are in the lead by eight points in the Eastern Conference head of Tampa Bay. President, President's Trophy, right? Oh, easily, yeah. But they're, they're ahead of the league by six points. Now they have to go to a round-robin tournament after being off for three to four months. Who knows how long by the time we actually go back to things. And – that will determine whether or not they get home ice advantage in the first, or I'm sorry, not in the first round, whether they get home ice advantage throughout the series, but also will determine seeds one through four. So right. you go from being guaranteed home ice advantage in the Stanley Cup finals to potentially being ranked fourth in your division. So well, I think, if, if and they were basically guaranteed first or second. Yeah, they're, they're in the lead in, in the East by eight points. They're in the lead of the league by six points with 12 games to let go in the season. And they were red hot uh, at, towards the end of the season there. So, um, Well, I think the important thing there is the seed because there are – obviously we were going to cover later the hub cities that they're going to do. So no one's probably going to – Boston at least isn't going to have home ice advantage at all. Well, it, but for home ice won't matter because there's no fans really. So well, yeah, that's kind of yeah, yes. I, for, but, I forgot. But, about yeah, I didn't think about that either. Well, <laughs> no, but it's it still matters for their for their seed and their matchup, and obviously the um, your right to line up second for the faceoff, or I mean, you know, last change, last that does take in take into effect in defensive zone draws and ozone draws, and obviously line matchups. So it is a big deal still. Not as big as a deal if it would be if they were playing their home cities, obviously. But it's still a big deal. And you're right. The Bruins should not have had to worry about that. They were oh, special appearance by Corinne. Drew, that is a very good point. I, I, that might be your second or third good point the whole time I've been recording. So <laughs> I'll, I'll give that one to you. But So, anyways, if I'm Thanks, Boston, buddy. I'm pissed off about that. In the Eastern Conference – the Blues and Avs were two points apart, and Blues had played one more game. So neither one of them was really rock-solid set in place. But there's still a, a chance that the Dallas Stars, a full 10 points behind them, could end up coming, get, catching fire in this round-robin series and beating them out for the top spot. Now you got sure. uh, Colorado coming back full health, which they might not have done. Uh, four months ago, so that's another side of the, the equation. So, anyway, right. so that's the top, the top four teams, top eight, four, top four teams in each conference, eight overall. The next group of doing my math here, 
five to twelve. Eight teams in both divisions, or I'm sorry, in both conferences. So sixteen teams. Those are going to play a play-in series to determine spots five through eight in each conference. Now, where you're pissed off in this situation is if you're the Pittsburgh Penguins, who are sitting fifth in the East with 86 points, or Edmonton Oilers, who are 83 points, fifth in the West. They got not heavy leads, but comfortable leads with 10 games to go left in the season. That right. even if they slide a few points, they're not sliding out of the playoffs. But now all of a sudden, Pittsburgh has to play Montreal just to make in the, the best of five series just to make it to the playoffs. Yeah, when I what I was reading or what I watched is the Penguins were like the biggest uh, like or opponent against this because of that. Yeah. Well, them in Tampa. And, Tampa. Yeah. Well, t- Tampa. I mean. I, they don't really have much to lose. I mean, potentially they could play against Washington and Philly and end up three or four, but they also have the chance of being fully healthy when they come back and right. jumping up and being the first overall seed. Well, I just meant they, they actually voted it. They're, I think there's, a, what, only two or three teams that voted against it. Tampa is one of them. I, I'm not exactly sure of all the reasons, I but I know they voted against it. Huh? Yeah. Tampa or Pittsburgh was too. I didn't see the voting, but I know like they like the video I was watching. They said uh, Pittsburgh was one of the like few that were against it. Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't. It there's doesn't no way make to sense. do it. I mean, yeah, but there's no. I don't know if there's any other way to do it. Really, uh, there's probably better well, ways, but this way gets everybody in, and it's like I think it's way more exciting. I think they went one team too many. So, like, the fifth-place team in both conferences is so far ahead of the rest of the league mm-hmm. that's batting for a playoff spot. And then on the flip side of it, the quick math, I'm going to say 12th off the top of my head, team in each conference is so far behind the yeah. rest of the pack. Like, Montreal is it's, eight points behind New York for the, to be the next year. points. Yeah. 15 points behind Pittsburgh. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, like Montreal was never going to make it. Same thing in the East. Chicago, even though they're only two points behind Arizona, they're 11 points behind Edmonton. They were never going to make make the playoffs. Um, so the, I think they went a little bit too far. You could have gotten away with only the seventh and eighth seeds in each conference having a playing game, or maybe six, seven, and eight, because the, the East is tight. Uh, mm. Spots – uh, <clears throat> 11 to 6 are all two points apart from each other. So I, I get it, but there's a lot of me that just says, hey, you guys weren't going to make the playoffs anyways. Sorry about your luck, Montreal and Chicago. You, you don't why, – why even have them included in this? So anyway, so – so the basic summary of those eight teams in each conference is five plays, 12, 6, 11, so on and so forth in each conference. And then those teams end up playing the uh, top four teams in each conference and what will officially be the first round of the playoffs. And the key differentiator is that that play-in series is not part of the playoffs. So right. even though there's teams that have conditional trades – affected by whether or not they make playoffs a la Pittsburgh 
if Pittsburgh doesn't win against Montreal, they technically didn't even make the playoffs. So that, that's another very long-winded caveat to go down. And there's so, a lot of there's a lot of there's going to be a lot of talk about the advantages and disadvantages of of that because the teams who are not playing yet the the teams that are already in they're going to later on bitch or at least they're, they're, meeting they're, people. they're going to be playing games not they'll i don't be, think at the same at the exact same time at the yeah. exact, i think there's going to be there's going to be in each section of this there's going to be parts of each team has a reason to bitch and but like what Craven said, I think this is almost the most fair it could be as far as the actual playoffs itself. And like I said in my little video I made, uh, I think I said it, this, like we kind of kind of somewhat predicted, this is going to be the first playoffs ever in the summertime, hopefully. Or at least part of it will be in the summertime. For people in like Arizona, they won't give a fuck. For people up here in the Great Lakes State, and up in Canada, you're talking 60, 70 degree weather, and we're watching hockey by the pool. This is the best thing that happened at NHL in a while. I think as long as they can get in before NBA starts, then yeah, their first sport back is crazy. Like and ESPN should, was actually talk, doing talking yeah. about them, and ESPN never talks about them. Well, we should give the NHL credit for being the first major sport to have a announced a plan. I mean, obviously, it's all pending the experts and borders and all that stuff we still have to wait on word for. But for the NHL to be the most organized, the most – I think it, it kind of speaks to – this is kind of corny, maybe, but I think it speaks to how much everyone in hockey, including the top execs, actually just straight up love the game and miss it. Again, mm -hmm. it's corny, but I think – after a True. couple months, they're like, we absolutely need to figure this shit out so we can pass this Stanley Cup out to someone at the end of the year. And obviously, there is a business side of it, keeping interest in the sport. They don't want to lose all that viewership, obviously. There's a business side to it. But I do think it speaks to how right. awesome the players could still say no. The players right. don't care. Like, right. They just want to play. He's yeah, no, and if the players didn't want to play, if they were more worried about anything and else. Baseball. Baseball is having that trouble. Fighting you know, about they money. get paid the most out of any sport. Right, right, exactly. That's kind of that's kind of what I was alluding to. Is the, I didn't want to have to say baseball, but, yeah, baseball. I mean, they're arguing about money and shit, and, you know, they're clearly more worried about that than whoever's in the World, the world Series, which is how long is that fucking tradition going on? You know what I mean? In baseball, I have no idea. Well, I don't know if the NHLPA has agreed to this, by the way. So I think we're still in negotiations with that. Do you think Gary Batman would have announced it without it being agreed upon? Or at least yeah, pretty much. Probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I, I just read out. an article. I don't think they've actually completely agreed on all of it. But, I mean, um, yeah, it doesn't sound as bad as baseball. But um, I don't know. But I, I do know I don't, that. I don't, think, I don't think he would have announced it without pretty much getting – if he doesn't have an official yes from the NH NHLPA, I don't think he would have released it without knowing Look it up. at least behind closed doors that they would agree with it. Yeah. NHL Players Association approves going forward with 2014 playoff. Okay. Yeah. The, article, the article I read must have been published like a couple days ago because they hadn't agreed upon it. When Who I is it? it? Who is it? Let's roast them. 
I, I don't know. It's, there's so many things I've been reading during this whole coronavirus. I know, but I, I guess my hot take here is uh, I still don't think. I mean, the very first sentence is basically Gary Bettman says, uh, for one, they don't have a date when this is actually happening. Two, they don't like it's all per government government restrictions right. and expertise. And I just I'm going to stand by that flag over there. I don't know if we can get on camera. It's somewhere over there. But um, America's closed, boys. It's not going to happen. You don't think it's going to well, happen at all? Okay. No. So I, I really don't. I really. I, I don't know okay, well, let, let's minutes, let's but let's take two I minutes. Don't think it's gonna happen. Let's take two minutes and talk about that because I, up until this point, I've been saying I don't think it's going to happen. The reason why I think it's going to happen is Gary Bettman all but fucking said, no matter how far back they have to push next season, they are going it's to going do to it. Happen. Baseball so said, it is, or, basketball said the same thing. Like they basically said, and I'm sure it's the same for the NHL, like how much money the NBA will lose if they do not finish the season somehow, like just a TV contract. It's like $900 million, so close to a billion dollars NBA would lose if they don't somehow finish the season. So they're just going to push it back. And then I heard, I don't know if it was Gary Bettman that said it, but they could start the next season on, uh, what's the winter, winter classic? Winter classic, January 1st. Yeah, I know. That's what they said, though. Yeah. Well, no, I, I know. Except it's going to be in Carolina, so who cares? But that'd be pretty sweet, actually. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I'm saying changed my mind about the probability of it happening is that Gary Bettman saying – He's, I thought there would be a cutoff date kind of, I don't know, November or something where if, if they hadn't at least started or something, like I thought there'd be a cutoff date to where they were just like, sorry guys, we can't even do it. We're just, we're just starting fresh for next year. Him saying he's willing to push it back almost as far as it, it basically doesn't matter. To me, that means it's going to happen. This finishing the season means so much to them that they're going to make it happen. So I can't be more excited. This is the first time we recorded. I mean, we took a week off last week, but this is the first time that we recorded in probably close to a month and a half, two months, where we have genuine hope that hockey's coming back, and it's fucking awesome. I'm thinking about, oh, man, all the matchups and everything. It's going to be sick. And how lucky <laughs> are we that we're Red Wings fans sitting on the side for all this chaos? Well, when I said no, it wasn't going to happen, I didn't mean that. are you? That you couldn't I didn't like, mean that could be the top eight. I just mean – I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. Like, it's going to be months. Yeah, it, it might be another – yeah. August I, or I September, think. I think. Yeah. I, yeah, I, that's, I, that's a good prediction. We're going to go back to training camp until uh, the end of June. So, we're right. – yeah. Early July. They already said it's not going to be till then. So, yeah, I, I definitely don't think it's going to be anytime soon. I think we're all, we're all looking at a midsummer beginning timeline. But even the fact that they're going to begin means it's going to end, so it's going to fucking happen. Stick. It's amazing. But, Josh, to answer your question, the reason why I feel lucky that the three of us, uh, the five of us on this podcast are Red Wings fans, you're the only Judas, anyways, um, I feel lucky being a Red Wings fan during this playoffs because all we have to do is sit back, drink beer, and enjoy the chaos. Everyone, like I said earlier, has a reason to bitch. Even Boston finishing the not best. The teams, no, not the teams that are yes. 24, yes. 23, 24. Well, yeah, right, right. If the oh, Red Wings yeah. could have been no, that, no, those, you, you yeah, tell no, me you those, wouldn't those, be happier if the Red Wings were just 24th and they were the – like, they had no chance no, to make it. You wouldn't be happy just to no, be like, you get to see them play. No, no, yeah, I, 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 no, I, no, I truly would not because even though those teams – we, I was going to get into it later with the draft changes that they've announced. 
those teams do have a minuscule chance once they make it in of um, – I think, what does it start? The lowest of the, those teams, it's like 2% chance at the first overall pick. I'd rather take our odds at the first overall pick and at, at worst being fourth, fourth and below like we were before all this shit happened um, in, the, in the draft lottery because I think you know, even if we were to make the playoffs, we're going to get dusted. And then, and then we have even a lower chance of getting Lafreniere or, or any of the top guys. So I'd rather be where we are. And like I was going to say, be absolutely carefree this entire fucking playoffs. Root for whoever I want. Laugh at everyone, bitching at each other, have fun online, chirping everyone. And I have no dog in the fight. The only thing I care about is the draft, to, to be honest. And enjoy yeah. summer yeah. hockey. Right. I completely disagree with everything Drew just said, but it's just me. How? Uh, because we're in to make the playoffs. People play to make the playoffs and have a we've shot. Already, we've, we've already – we've already – won it. You sound like a Cleveland Browns fan waiting yeah, for the you sound like, Yeah, you just want a draft now. Like, every year you we've, start to do that. Like, the fat lady is saying we've already not made the playoffs. I'm happy now. What you said was all logical. I just don't like the mindset of, you know what, I'm happier – we didn't make the playoffs, so we can look forward to the draft lottery. Sounds like a Cleveland Browns fan to me. I don't really care for that attitude. So, sounds like you're making an excuse for how bad, like them being the worst team. Like, so if they if they were 24th, and if you're the 24th team, say the Red Wings were, you would be like, no, I'd rather just have the playoff be 22 teams so that the Red Wings can yeah. have a better lottery. You no, know let's let's not have a shot at winning the Stanley Cup. Let's do that. Let's wait for the draft. Let's not like, watch our team play. That, but how realistic? Is it that Montreal, the Rangers, Chicago, or Arizona are gonna go on a but, run and win the but cup? But what about no what chance. if the what if the Red no Wings chance. not 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 make the There's a uh, chance. Stanley Cup? No chance. But, the British Premier League. You're gonna name some off off the wall bullshit. Those three teams actually have no chance this year. There are there is plenty of years huh. where a team could get hot. I don't believe in any of those teams being that, and I definitely don't believe the if the Red Wings. <laughs> God could – oh, man, I don't even want to say what I want to say because that's just blaspheme. But the, the Red Wings would be a little bit better if they – like, so they wouldn't be as bad as they were if they actually were 24th. But what I was going to say is – there was some miracle that happened that we were look, in 24th with the roster we have, we're, we're done in but, four games. Yes, but I'm saying you would have a better team, obviously, because your team – like, you would have big 24th. But what I was going to say is you wouldn't be excited if uh, the Red Wings were playing Pittsburgh or they're playing – Whoever, what another another rival, and they beat them to keep that team out of the playoffs. No, I, 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 I still take Lafreniere over that. Yes, you, Jesse, you need to Jesse. The problem is you need to update your brain, buddy. Like, oh. there's no no. Listen, listen. I'm not even. I'm okay. not yeah. even you. Update my, there's, where do I go to do that? Dude? It's all do about I go the to process. Where to do that? Just get a yeah. quick. Where? Just get a just get a quick concussion and it, and it, it just reboots. Do I need like a fast processor in my head. Yes. Is that the, yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. I'll yeah. go to IBM or something. No, just go to the hospital. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyways, anyways, yeah. Jess. So, what I was going to say. You you, so, my, my update in my brain concludes with Drew saying teams don't have a shot. They're all, all the 20. No. One of the last spots shouldn't I'm gonna, be in the playoffs. That's I'm, gonna, that's that's I'm, I'm putting that on Twitter. I mean, you're putting a poll. You're making it so logically sound, Drew. I, I, I couldn't even argue against it. I could never do All that. I was going to say is that nowadays, literally the only way to rebuild is through the draft. 
So we have to suck these years up. And get what some, the fuck is the point of the development camp, you dumbass? Why, why develop the, players in the development camp? You still get a draft. It's not like you draft. get a draft. What? And why even try next develop. year? Why even try each year if, if you just want to get to the draft? What? If, you just, if the you draft is the only way to rebuild. Through. Yes, it is. Adam, do you do You, do you, you still get a draft that? pick either way. Yeah. Yeah. But if you seventh round. Oh my god. I know, dude. Dude, that doesn't happen anymore. That those days are over with. Zetterberg and Pavel are legitimate anomalies. It's not going to happen very often. We can't bank on that. You have to have every I would say every ten to fifteen years, you have to suck. You have to suck for like three to four years, get some solid draft picks, accumulate a lot of picks, use some of those as actual players, some of those as trades. And then you're going to be good, hopefully, for five to eight years. It's, a, it's all cyclical. That's how every sport is if you have a salary cap. I'll you're, give you Jesse, props. You're developing. The way you said cyclical, that's, that's like one of the best words I've ever heard you use on this podcast. Thank you. Yeah. You can't – you just can't, you can't bank – you can't bank on fucking – on – I don't even know who to say, uh, Yurko or – like, you need those – There's not – I'm not banking. Anything. I was just making the point. You said the only way to rebuild a team is through the lottery, and I disagreed with that statement. You have development camp. There's other ways to do it as well. There's not. There's other, but, there used to be. Okay. There's not anymore. Okay, then coaches should all be fired. It doesn't make any sense why we're even coaching people. We just draft mm-hmm. them from the first round, and then our team's better. That's how it works. That you, shouldn't, yes. you should just tank it. Yes, like, first, if first, you don't have a first, and second, first and second rounds, yes. You got, you got first an and AI. second round players, yes. What, what's the point of practice then, you know? So every no team point. that's 20 to 24 that's playing a higher seed that has no chance, they shouldn't even try. Like Pittsburgh, Montreal shouldn't try against Pittsburgh if they're smart. No, don't, don't show they up. Can't, they You'll can't catch coronavirus. Don't go. You should what actually a, decline the offer. What a the dumb. What a dumb. That's what rebuttal. you just said. That's what you're saying, though. You just said no, you don't. No, not. If the Red Wings were 24th and they're in the playoffs, you would rather them lose because you then they would get a draft draft. In the last. Yes. So yeah, let's get into the rest of the scenario. And then, yeah, 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 I know. We're, we're, we're going into a cyclical format here. You're making moot points, Jesse. <laughs> Jesse, so, Jesse. Jesse, the moodsters showed up today, I guess. I just didn't talk at all at the beginning, so I had to stir it up a little bit. All right, go ahead. There, there are seven teams left over after everybody else has their fun that do not make the playoffs. So what that's going to do, and Crave, I don't know if you got this thing queued up or not, but it'll allow those seven teams to maintain their original draft odds at in the lottery for the original number, number one pick. Mm-hmm. Now, if you do that, you still have, I don't know, another 18.5% that's unspoken for. So the teams that lose the uh, – I'm blanking on play, the word all play in or whatever. Yeah, the play in yeah. series. Yeah, yeah. They also will get a spot in the lottery, but it's assigned by a placeholder, A through H, I think it is off the top of my head. Yeah. So the last place team, team H, will still have a one percent chance at the lottery pick. Team G has one point five. Team F has two percent. Mm-hmm. So the last seven teams, they have their first round of uh, the lottery. And you could end up with Detroit, Ottawa, Ottawa, just like the standing show right now, right. as the top three picks, and it's game over. Or you could Pittsburgh end up – could get first. 
Yes, not they in lost. The first round, not in the first round because they're in the playoffs still, or they're in the no, play- playing game. Yeah, if, if Pittsburgh lost, they would technically have like a one percent chance. Yeah, they could. Toronto could too. That's what they're all talking about. All these teams, the play-ins at least. Well, so if somebody makes a jump from eight to fourteen into the, the top three picks, that placeholder is then given to the eight teams that don't make the playoffs. It's a one in eight drawing. So you got a 12.5% chance of getting a top three pick if you don't make the playoffs and a placeholder gets that draft pick. So you're talking about Edmund, the Edmonton Oilers, who have had an insane amount of number one picks, yeah. who are number five in the West by a long shot, not in any danger of missing the playoffs, potentially losing to the Chicago Blackhawks in the play-in series and then getting Lafreniere to be on a line with McDavid. It, it doesn't make any sense. As a Wings fan, I'm not pissed about that because the odds of Detroit getting Lafreniere are the same exact odds as if the season had happened. It's that Crosby could have his heir apparent on his team if Montreal beats them, and it's not that unthinkable. To, to have that happen. They got – what's so, who's their goalie? Price? Price. And if he's Price like, gets that high – I think goalies uh, are going to be huge in this because goalies don't oh, need yeah. as much time coming back. Like, you still obviously need time, but, like, older teams aren't going to – like, Pittsburgh's an older team. They're going to have a harder yeah. time, like, coming back. Right. But and, and there's, a, there's a counter-argument to that because, because they are older and they've had so much have, playoff experience. Yeah. They might be more disciplined. They might yeah, know they exactly stay back. what yeah. it takes to to get back in shape. So I think well, that in, in general you're right, but I think they might be disciplined enough to throw yeah. that off. But anyways, continue, continue. Well, so no, and, and that's basically the gist of it is, so where I have the absolute biggest problem with this, and you have to play the play-in series – after the first round of assigning the draft picks is done. So you could know that Detroit, Ottawa, Ottawa have the top three picks and the play-in series means nothing. Or all three picks could be one of those. Right. You got a chance to get, they're going to take, they don't want it. They're not going to want to win. And all of a sudden you have a one in eight shot at Lafreniere, no holds barred. I, I like you want to talk about tanking in the league yeah. that will be the worst hockey I've ever seen and I, I get the argument there's going to be teams that have a legitimate shot at the cup Pittsburgh Edmonton maybe yeah. a couple others Montreal but though, they might as well not even try because right. if you, you get Lafreniere right. and I, I don't understand how how this is even possible you have to do both rounds of the lottery after the play in series has happened that's why I was confused when I was watching it. I didn't know if that's really what they were going to do because it just seemed like that could easily be happen. It, 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 it's mind-numbing to me how that loophole exists in this. And I know why they're doing it. They want the viewers of the early draft lottery in June sometime for them to establish this order. And then guess what? Oh, look at the drama. There's one pick yeah. that's out of the top or the bottom seven. Wonder who it's going to be. And then you're going to play some hockey to figure out what the eight teams that are going to be in that lottery is. Oh, and it just <laughs> happens to be the number one, one pick overall that's up for grabs. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then I, it's going to get I, more. I, I could definitely see them fixing it too because they – and then if that first yeah. pick is up, more people are going to be like – That's a hot take, but I think that's a decent corruption uh, take right there. I mean, Very pro-corruption okay. after Conspiracy. coronavirus. Yeah. So if you're the if you're the penguin coming coming up on you know they they were borderline uh, playoff team did they even make the playoffs last year I can't remember oh. honestly I don't think so yeah no they did they got swept sorry Pittsburgh yeah yeah mm, yeah no, Pittsburgh they made it. it Pittsburgh made it they got I think they got swept by New York yeah they got I thought they got swept by Columbus but I don't know. Columbus swept the lightning. Oh. So you got, yeah, you're right. you got a borderline team that's on the decline. Malkin's getting up there in age. Crosby's getting up there in age. Latang, is he even playing anymore after the blood clots? I can't remember. It's been so long since I has been the thing. Oh, my God. The poster boys of the NHL got Lafreniere. How coincidental is that? On another exact, almost exactly similar fixed draft, as back when they got Crosby. But, you know, if you're not in the parallel universe, things. <laughs> Mario Lemieux is pretty slick. I, I was waiting for us to get to this. I thought this was the only unfair part. Um, I'm not as analytical about things, but just knowing that you can go into the playoffs and still have a shot at a number one pick just seems so ridiculous to me. I understand well, they have to take the playoffs. It's a play in. Right, <laughs> right, but I just don't understand how you can still technically be in contention for the cup and still get a shot at a number one pick or or even be. I, it just doesn't add up to me. It just it just seems unfair. It seems like bullshit. It seems like if they were going to do that, okay, then I don't know if you could even give those teams a choice. I don't know how you would do it or talk to them before you announce it and say, hey, you guys are on the bubble. How many of you, you would rather be in contention for the number one pick or the cup? And then and then format it around that if there's only but, four teams that want to go for the cup. I don't know. You, like, the, imagine but it just, the PR. It seems like you, you have said to do no. one or the other. Imagine the PR if a team said, like, they would get made fun of. Like, if Detroit <laughs> if Detroit was like, no, I don't want to It would have to be a secret decision and a secret discussion. Yeah. You, if secretly, you don't think the these most, teams just secretly just aren't yeah. in the playoffs. Well, going to tell as the as 20 guys have worked as their as whole as lives to win a Stanley Cup to have listen, that opportunity. As long as it – listen. Hey, you're all going to tank, boys. We need this guy for our Pittsburgh. Drew's gone all in on the way, on uh, tanking and drafts. You could be traded next year, so you might not be part of the organization Literally next a Cleveland year. Literally, fan. But you're going to tank today. Sad how quickly it's changed. First off, first off, if you guys don't think that secret discussions like that have already been had for 900 years, you're insane. Second off, no one would know about it. It would probably be between the G- GM and the o- Yes. <laughs> yeah, they're not, going to, they're not going to the room saying, hey, boys, um, I hope you guys didn't buy not. Maybe. You, you but think, listen. Yeah, so you think it would, they would have a secret decision? So if, Montre- if like these 20 to 24 teams and just as randomly long as, they even, as long as it's an even number of teams that don't want to participate in the cup, no one would ever be the wiser because that would have just been the decision. It's a round number. Oh, that if the full team did it. it. Yeah, if, if they still did no, it. No, it wouldn't be the full team. It would be, it would be the, the leadership of the team. No one right. on the team would ever know. Not what I'm saying. I'm going to bring my take. Go ahead. I was, okay, I was saying that. Uh, what were you saying? If, if you're saying random teams aren't like the 19th seed, the 17th seed, they go to them and they're like, no, we will take the draft pick. We don't think. And then, but then 20 and no. 21 make it like, 
I couldn't do that. I could see them asking them though, like as the whole, like the whole, like owners or GMs being like, would you guys rather of, do this? And then of, of that group is what I'm saying at the beginning. I'm saying of that group who has to do the play in, who's either going for the cup or going for the traffic. I'm saying, but if I they really they wanted to, them. they could have just, they can just still tank and still be in the lottery. Things intentionally not win. Okay, yeah. All right. My, Adam's got a point. I think this is prime spot for Gary Bedman or the NHL to set up something to boost up profits, which would be having the draft lottery rigged, give it to a team that's a playing spot. So everyone is thinking the same way that we're all doing, which is whether or not a team's in the tank. Uh, Drew's point of people actually tanking, I think is honestly the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You need to update your processor because <laughs> if you were a manager, Drew, if you were, let's say, I don't know, the, the owner of a team, all right, all how, right. do you, how, how do you incentivize let's, all 20 guys who have a shot at the NHL Cup to, to, to tank for your organization not, who may or not, may not be there? You weren't listening. On? You weren't listening. And what? I'm, I'm describing a conversation between Gary A conversation. Yes. You're yeah. not convincing 20 guys anything. You're not talking to them about anything. This is, I'm okay. talking about when they're creating the playoff format or when they were – when they were talking about this play-in schedule, this play-in, what, group of five teams or whatever it is, sure. I'm saying those, I don't know, 20 individuals talk and say, how do you guys want to handle this between all those teams and, and, the Gary, and Gary Bettman saying, um, you either can go for the cup or a draft pick. What do you guys feel like? I, I don't think any of them would do that because it obviously behooves all of them to say well, we'll go for fucking both. But it'd be nice – if it were that way, because I feel like that's the most fair way. I don't think it's fair that any team go for the cup and if they lose, get a draft pick. I think yeah, but the, there's a the playing. But but listen, I'm, but listen. Like Adam said, it really doesn't matter as a Red Wings fan. Our chance is still the fucking same. I yeah, will, no, he's right about I that. Will, regardless, if we get screwed, which we most likely will, out of the first, I shouldn't say screwed, but we are going to get fourth or third. Somehow. Yeah, yeah, he said, yeah. So if that happens, and say one of these teams on the bubbles, on the bubble, gets that two percent, and they and they and they actually land Lafreniere, guarantee you I'll bitch for the next ten years. I'll 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 cry every day. But on, on what base? Right, this is where I kind of disagree with you let's, guys. Let's go. Let's I, go back to Gary Bettman's. Let's go back to the actual point of Gary Bettman's yeah. this whole layout because we're getting into hypothetical yeah. arguments. This is that, much more interesting than doing playoff predictions, though. I mean, glad we, mm -hmm. glad we didn't do those. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I was listening to um, Tim and Sid on Sportsnet. Uh, credit to those guys. I, I don't know if you guys watched them, but they're always pretty good. Um, they had Brian Burke on, and he had a lot of interesting things about this. But, you know, the, the actual first round of the playoffs, Brian Burke has said, the players have already put it out that, you know, the, the first round they wanted to be a five-game series. Brian Burke – said that the players have already put out they want that to be a seven-game series no matter it what. It is. They already said it. Oh, no. Mm -mm. no the play, are you saying – because you're confusing it. You're saying the first round of the playoffs is seven games, but the play-in, which – yes. The playoffs is normal, completely normal, because they don't really? want to change it for stats and stuff. I yeah, believe, I believe the first round was a, was a best of five. Yeah. That's no, the no, play-in game. Seven. When, I, when I saw Gary Bettman do it, he said best of five. Or best okay. of seven for the first round. Conference uh, championship uh, uh, playoffs is best of seven, and Stanley Cup is best of seven. But I believe well, the anyway, third anyways, one 
is up in the air because they're leaving it up in the air because they don't know the time of when this is all going to go off. So I believe they left it open. So if anyone, I'm looking right. it up. I'm pretty sure they they. Well, let's 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 cover something. We'll wait for Adam for that because I think he he is usually pretty good on facts like that. Let's go right into the hub cities. Um, so and kind of give our predictions on on what hub cities we think they will actually use. Uh, I'll read off the eight real quick: Chicago, Columbus, Dallas, Edmonton, Vegas, L.A., Minneapolis, uh, which would be a bad pick this week. I'll tell you that. Uh, Pittsburgh, Toronto, and Vancouver. Uh, okay. You you want me to go ahead, or you, you have? I'll go. Of- I mean, the the obvious one is Toronto for the East. Uh, biggest hockey market. They need the hockey market as much as ever in this time. So to keep everyone watching hockey, to get everyone invested in hockey, to get to get money towards hockey. Uh, the easiest thing per if if all the experts and coronavirus and all the government regulations getting everyone to Canada, if all that works out, they're definitely picking Toronto, in my opinion, for the East. That's just a well, lockdown if that works out. I don't so I don't know if you guys watched the whole thing, but they said it's a lot of it. The host city is going to depend on the no, medical. Well, no, the medical, yeah, medical like, community. Yeah. And somewhat joking, but it's probably true. Like Canada has universal health care, so they're not going to have as many tests. Like, like they're not going to be able to get – everybody's going to be able that, to get those tests, and they need yeah, to have that – like, the NHL is going to be shilling out money for that, dude. Oh, it doesn't oh, yeah, matter. Yeah, but what I'm of, saying is, is it that, doesn't matter what kind of form of government you have. If you have money like the NHL does, those tests will be there. But people are not going to like that if Canada is low on tests, and then the NHL they already like said that they don't want well, to cause true. that kind of like bad mm-hmm. look if they're coming and taking all. They already like they're going to need so many tests. That's definitely true. Well, That's definitely true. It could it could definitely be a negative a bad look on the NHL and hockey, especially after Trudeau. And Canada kind allowing of it. it if yeah. Canada, because Canada still has to prove of it. And if Canada's low on tests, then they're not going to want it. Right. Yeah, that's, that's definitely I a fair point. Say, We're moving into hub cities, Adam. Yeah, I did see something uh, from Trudeau, I believe is his name, up mm-hmm. in Canada, for not being more cultured, that they were looking into allowing select non-essential people i mean read that straight up hockey players if you want to uh to travel outside the country so i know edmonton was on, not on the list i'm sorry was on the list but the way it doesn't sound like they're coming in they're only going out so uh might as well take them out vegas makes the most sense out in the west um yeah Audi, vegas. Uh, Man, that's 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 a hard question, Odis. I, I couldn't really tell you where would be a good place to be, because um, Toronto and Vancouver, it, it's got to be Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's the only other eastern city. And I guess Columbus is on there, and I don't is know. Florida how, on the list? Because Florida's been like at the NBA. No, Florida got hit pretty good because of spring break for a little bit there. Um, Pittsburgh or Columbus, I, I honestly probably be Columbus. And at that rate, uh, who's driving down with me? To, uh, <laughs> I was going to say that too. And then I, I remember there's no, like, it's still be cool to go just to go. But I remember there's no fans, which is kind of stupid. Yeah, no, we'll just sneak in and, like, hey, yeah, get fake credentials. You can get fake media credentials. Yeah, no, you'll just Consider it, it done. Consider it done. 
Yeah. We'll just fly on your wings, Josh. You are the wind beneath my wings. I don't see why they shouldn't allow fans. Like, if I want to go, I, want, I should be able to go. It's America. Well, that's another thing, too. If it's, if it's actually out in August and September, like, I, I have to go back uh, to work. Like, I mean, if I'm back to work, I should be able to pre, like, be pretty free. Facts. Right. Facts. That's a straight up fact. Mm-hmm. If you, if, and I'm talking, especially if they're releasing people back to work, if your job or whatever wasn't technically essential, if you are back to work, you should be able to participate in sporting events, in my opinion. You should be able to go limit to the any. Number. They can limit it like half the people or, or whatever. Like, but, or I mean, don't. Should, but I don't know. Yeah. It's not going to happen. I, anyway, so, yeah, I was, I was thinking – I basically agree with you guys. Um, I was thinking Vegas. It seems like everyone wants it to be in Vegas. Everyone loves Vegas. Vegas is like the baby of the NHL. Everyone loves Vegas, obviously, for I think I really reason. loves Vegas in general. Yeah, everyone in the whole world loves Vegas. But I think – Those are the ghost most, city right now, so well, – well, right. hub. All those resorts, all those hotels that are that are just begging for business. So yeah, the NHL would slide in perfectly there. Um, Jesse, I was thinking Toronto as well because I had um, read something that said that they had like, a, like I think it was two or three uh, hospitals like in within a very short distance of the actual rink, and they have like two or three hotels across the road from the rink. I, I don't know. I, I haven't been to Toronto well, since like hospitals? 2005. Well, I feel like that would be a negative because like well, in case, they don't in need case, hospitals. Well, in case someone, I don't, I don't know. They're just thinking of medical services. If something got crazy for the players, they want to think about their safety and their family's safety. Um, so, I mean, they want the city to have the, the, ability to if say yeah. if that whole fucking conference contracted the virus and then yeah i think the nhl had bigger issues if that ha- if they a whole team had to be hospital like every well, team you, but yeah but you but you got to think they're thinking emergency yeah emergency scenario to where if these people are americans and they're stuck in canada they can't come home so they have to be cared for in canada they want to make sure that and the city it's universal health care there so i mean then they don't have to pay for it I thought the universe paid for it. Yeah. No, no. You just have to go Canada for seven years after you take an ambulance ride to the hospital and get a bunch of CAT scans. (laughs) So, yeah, um, Adam, we we talked about um, the players want best of seven in the first round. Is that what you were tracking? Or were you – Seven, what series sure. was it that had a five-game series? I'm first pretty sure it was the, the first. The playing series, they haven't decided about the first and second round yet. And then the third and Stanley Cup finals will be a best of seven. seven. Right. Well, uh, okay, I don't know if you heard when we walked or when you walked away, but uh, Brian Burke was on Tim and Sid the other day, and he was saying that the players have all – they've all said that they want the entire actual playoffs to be best of seven. And then uh, they wanted to. They want the playoffs I thought on they end just, to be. Well, I thought Gary Batman said hold on that. real quick. Hold on real quick because they all want it to be as as normal as it possibly can, so that whoever wins actually can just say they won the fucking Stanley Cup. Period. And a lot of there was a lot of blowback immediately saying, "Oh, how much time is that going to take? How much longer that's going to make it?" 
uh, these people could possibly be away from their families that long, which is what I've been saying this entire time. But Brian Burke raised a pretty good point that after, uh, you know, the uh, play-in series, you have X amount of teams going home. After, and then obviously you have already the seven teams that were – that didn't make it, right, like us, losers, staying home. Or they're, no, winners. They are you guys are winners. You get the draft right. picks. Well, we will be. Yeah. We will yeah. be when we get Lafreniere, so watch yourself. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways. So, um, I don't know, second and third round, you got you – got, by the time it actually gets beyond, I think, 38 days, pretty much 80 to 90% of the league is at home with their families. So you got to think you're a professional, you're a professional hockey player, you're a professional athlete. The league is asking you to spend a month and a half away from your family. That is tough. That sucks. I'm not going to say it's easy, especially if you have a newborn during that time or anything like that. I've been away from my family for a little bit. It does suck. But I think I would do it if uh, I had a chance to win the Stanley Cup. And I was so uh, real so I think quick, Drew, Drew just took about three minutes explaining Brian Burke's good point, which was essentially mm-hmm. the guy said, when you lose, you go home. That was what he said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was mind blowing. Okay. Yeah, breakdown. Right, thank you. Yes. <laughs> well he actually said he said a little he said I think he went on for like a couple minutes, but guys, mm-hmm. I'm I'm just doing the math right now. And in order, if we had seven round series and each every uh, series or every round, at least one series goes to seven games. Let, let's use two weeks as a timeline of what it's going to be. And that's if you're playing every other day for right. a series. If we're going to start the season 2021 on January 1st with the Outdoor Classic, and I understand you can move that if need be. And who knows if you're even going to have one because of everything that's happened over the past two months. I don't care what so, Yep. You win the cup, that like if you have training camp and preseason and all that, teams are reporting December first. You get a two month break that puts you at September thirtieth to award the cup. You work your way backwards two weeks at a time. They have to be done with the round robin and the play in by August thirty first. Mm. So I mean, we're working on really tight timelines if we go this route. And that's only with a two month break at the end of the season. But could they um, push to do it yeah. uh, like do more than one like do like maybe game two and three or whatever we're back to back night like one night and the next night? Just because they're not traveling it. They're not traveling it. Yeah. But they also couldn't because I guess they couldn't because there's only they're only going to do two nights, two games a night. I'm guessing because they're all well, every team is playing at the same night. arena. Like, yeah, like yeah. if you if you're in uh, Vegas and you're in Columbus, there's only one sheet of ice. Right, so yeah. there's only going to be able two games a night for the or four games, I guess, between both. But a conference is only going to be able to do two unless they did three and it started at like on the weekend. Maybe they could do three. And technically, you could, uh, you could start at nine o'clock in the morning. Right. You know, and no, play from nine viewers, to yeah. one game. Yeah. They're not going to, want to do that. Yeah, there's no way that I don't, you could. But I don't. I mean, if they needed to, yeah, I guess they could. Anyways. Well, like I said, it's it's nice being a Red Wings fan, not having to worry about it. Really, I mean, all we got to do is sit back and enjoy it. 
So All that's the last team that gets to be pissed. We are the only team that has been eliminated from the playoffs for this entire duration, and we get no benefit. Everybody else has a little bit of benefit besides potentially Boston. Boston's the only team that really loses out yes. out of this. And so, and you would would you team, argue would you argue um, Colorado if if um, or or the best team from the West if they didn't have injuries? No, because Colorado is getting healthy. They were so right. Well, that's what I mean. St. Louis, Tarasenko was out, right. and they were neck and neck. So either one of them could have had, could have ended up number one in the West. Well, that's now, why I said it without the injuries. Yeah, because any, any team one through four in both conference conferences has a chance to be the number one overall seed, aside from Boston, who's the only other clear loser out of all. Mm-hmm. Because now they go from a guaranteed president's trophy to not being guaranteed even having home advantage in the second round. From that, all the teams that are five through eight in each conference, they lose out because now they have to play their way into the playoffs. And they, but they get the added benefit. So one through four has the benefit of potentially moving up in the standings. Five through eight has the benefit of even if they lose, they could end up with Lafreniere. Right. So hey, that's a hell of a consolation prize. You know, and then uh, nine through 12, hey, guess what? You get a chance to win the Stanley Cup. Yeah. The only clear lo- the people that don't get anything out of this situation at all are the seven teams that don't make the playoffs. They, they legit, like, they have everything to lose. Nothing has changed for them. And we're still stuck at 18.5% at the number one overall pick. Yeah. Everybody else gets a little bit of, bit of whipped cream and cherry on top of their Sunday, and we're sitting here just, you know, hey, uh, we got we the same melting ice cone, ice cream cone that we always had. And it seems odd that Ottawa has the best odds at Lafreniere. Like you said last week, it makes sense. They did give up fucking Eric Carlson for it. But it just seems so odd to me that the league's uncontested biggest garbage fucking dumpster fire has the best chances this year at Lafreniere. They don't even have a rink inside their city. It's like an hour away. The owner, by all accounts, is a complete jackass. It's just a complete shit show. And that's the way it's looking. That's how Pittsburgh and Chicago did it. So watch out. <laughs> Josh needs to clip that because that was one of the more true things ever said on this podcast. I've I've been I've been saying that for a long time, and it's always pissed me off that people forget that Pittsburgh was just handed shit. Same with Chicago. But anyways, that's not gonna be back into deep history. Um, okay, do you guys think we did enough on the playoffs? Do you guys want to get right into? Uh, yeah, let's go to Eisman. Eisman's press conference. Uh, more of a Red Wings, um, obviously centered conversation. Eisman had a press conference about you know obviously everything we just spoke about. Gary Bettman's entire um, address to everyone, and what I got from it was. The big, okay, let's just get right into it. He has said that he's keeping Blashill. There's there's about four major statements in, in 45 minutes, which shout out to our reporters. You guys are just awesome. Um, <laughs> so, Blashill's coming back 
what are your guys' thoughts? He's at least coming back this year, if not for probably longer. Uh, in my take, I, I think it's um, – I personally think – I have – I have. I don't – obviously, I never met the guy, but everyone I've researched who has said anything about Jeff Flashel has all been good. How Obviously, his record sucks, but I think uh, Eisman said it kind of kind of uh kind of best which was this team was awful you can't really review the coach because the team was so bad like there was this is kind of a throwaway season Eisman's first year he wasn't going to fire the coach right right when he got there I kind of like it because it shows stability with Eisman that he's not just going to boot you just because you got a bad record and everyone's hating on you because everyone right now is hating on Jeff Blashwell everyone can take the easy take which is Jeff Blashwell didn't do anything he hasn't done anything for the past three years why don't we just get rid of him? He's the issue. But, I mean, there's 20 kids playing on the ice and they can't line up a couple passes together. So, sometimes it's maybe not the coach's fault. And uh, I will also shout out that, yeah, the Detroit, Detroit uh, reporters obviously uh, ask a lot of boring questions. Like, nothing was done uh, at this conference. It was really boring. And that's about it. What do you think, Adam? Just keeping it with the Blashill thing. You're muted. You're muted, Adam. <laughs> I was actually doing some work while uh, Jesse oh. was talking. Oh, sorry. He was, no, no, you're, no, not to be sorry, just because I typically tune out when you guys talk because I don't agree with anything you say. But <laughs> That's what I do. I know. I knew and, Adam was going to go. He's going to go down a deep analysis against why Jeff Flashwell hasn't done good. Yeah, and you guys tune out for my, my whole spiel. Yeah, and I yeah, talk for 20 minutes yeah. straight. So no, like, I want to hear it. I want to hear it. No, when, when the listeners don't hear my voice for a solid 10 minutes, it's because <laughs> you guys have gone off the rails and I don't agree with anything that's being said right now. So I just tune it out because I can't even tell you how wrong you are. <laughs> like, it, it's bad. <laughs> okay, let's hear it. So, no, I agree with Jesse, though. Um, the wings were historically bad and honestly probably should have been – even worse in the standings than they were, if not for Bernier. Um, yeah. Uh, side note, I did come across uh, a Norm Miracle rookie card. Oh. <laughs> I loved that fucking guy's name. What a sick name for a goalie. Probably one of the best all-time goalie names ever. It's up there, yeah. Well, it's, it's hilarious because, like, it's like uh, – the two names play against each other because it's right norm, norm. and then mm-hmm. miracle so he's like paradox paradox exactly so anyways going back to the, the original question is it paradox or oxymoron anyways go ahead Sorry. Oxymoron. um so you can't be mad at blashel for how the team did the team was historically bad i get that Blashel's also been there for five years now four years now and the team's been on a decline the entire time part of it due to the natural tanking of always making playoffs for 25 years part of it is you know how do you keep a coach that is doing as poorly year after year as he is now you got dan bilsma in the system and i uh, before all the firings this year he was the heir apparent you only hire a guy like bilsma because you tell him in the back room while he's signing the contract. What the hell was that? 
Did you guys hear that or no? Uh, no. But I imagine you're about to say – You guys are breaking up real bad. Bozma, he has okay. a chance of getting a head coach. Yeah, you, you, only, you only bring Bilsma on to if you got something on the side with him basically saying, hey, uh, you know what, you're going to be – now my cameras are saying there's someone at the garage. Oh, whatever, I don't care. There, I heard knocking on the door and the cameras are saying there's someone at the door. So I'm just not going to pay attention to them. So anyways, so you only bring them on and you say, hey, uh, you know – when things really start going bad, you're going to step in. And then Gallant becomes available. And, I mean, there were, what, eight firings this year? Laviolette, uh, kid, kid out of New Jersey, what was his name? Anyway, there's a lot of options out there. I don't blame Iserman for saying that the plan's to bring Blashill back right now because plans change. Who gives a shit, you know? If it because you still got the job out there in Seattle, um, and there's probably a lot behind the scenes that we just don't realize it's going on right now. The other half of it is, and I'd have to look at Blashill's contract because he does have another year on the contract. It wasn't an option, I don't think, or was it? Correct me if I'm wrong. I think this was his contract. I think this was his contract year. Yeah. So. I can't remember if it was an option. The guy knocking on the on the garage door distracted me. Um, but if you fire a coach before his contract's up, you're still on the hook for that contract unless he gets picked up by another team. Now, I don't know what Galan's contract was with Vegas. There's a lot of different variables or uh, anything else regarding Blashill. Man, that guy knocking on the door really messed me up. <laughs> We've all been there. Anyways, so no, there's a I'm bunch of variables. The, the the big thing that it comes down to is, um, we can say you plan to bring him back all you want, but when he starts the season zero and four, hey, guess what, Gerard? Why don't you come on over and coach for your old buddy, your old line mate? Mm. So yeah, I think. This kind of sucks because I was hoping one of you guys would really, really back um, firing Blashill. But, um, yeah, like I said in that little video I made, I'm not surprised at all. Um, like I've been saying this entire time, literally the only thing that matters to me is, is Mantha, Bertuzzi, Larkin, Hronik, uh, Chalowski, just their development alone. And like I said in that little video, I think the only one you could argue who hasn't developed for the better is Mantha and possibly Chalowski. And I, and I kind of put them both in the same possibly scenario because I think part of it for Mantha just being on the outside, I think Mantha doesn't really get engaged in games unless, unless someone pisses him off. And I think that's part of the reason why I think he's going to Montreal because he might just be one of those guys who just doesn't really care until he's playing for something that matters and obviously Montreal being his home – town would matter. I don't know. But I think overall Blaschel has done an okay job. And I think Eisenman is definitely right in the way that you can't judge anything about Blaschel when you hand him a dead corpse. In my, there's definitely things that he does that pisses me off. His line combinations sometimes drive me nuts. I hate how he's constant. like a line will just start producing points and he just, he just, 
I put it on Twitter. I call it the um, getting blasted, going through the blast or blender. Nice. He just he just chops. Yeah, trademark it. He just chops up lines. It's like as soon as the line gets hot, he's like, nah. But I don't know. He might have his own reasons. It might work. I don't know. I I just know that I haven't. Well, seen it doesn't work. We lose. Hmm? <laughs> it doesn't work. Well, I don't think it, I don't think we lose because of his line matchups. I think we lose because. 80% of our team shouldn't be in the NHL. But I also – You lose because you got a $6 million goaltender that has two wins on the year. I know Matt keeps saying yeah. he had three wins. He didn't. He had two. You lose because you got a guy who's got an A on his chest who I think is making 4-5, if I'm not mistaken, a year, getting mm-hmm. zero points through 70 games – which is, if I do my math correctly, zero points includes zero goals for the second time in two years through 70 games, doesn't even have an 80-second game to get two goals in on a year to make it even look like he did something on the season. You I did the math. Because, Go ahead. What's that? I did the it, math. It, Last year it was, I think, $850,000 per point for Justin Applicator. <laughs> $850,000 per point. It was something astronomical like that because it was like 13 points, 4.5 mil, uh, whatever. It's a lot of money per point. You're right, Adam. The guy has wildly underperformed. He's got, he's got three points in 49 games, games played this year. You know, it's saying here he had six goals. I don't remember six goals last year. Maybe he had four at the beginning of the season. And then two in the last game of the season, but it doesn't matter. There's a lot of reasons that they were very a very very bad team. Right, um, right, yeah, absolutely. But I, to to get to your other points, Adam, I also wouldn't be mad if they brought in someone like Delon. I really, my overall thought process with this coach scenario, I don't think the next coach is going to be the one that brings us back to the promised land. I think it will be the next coach. I think we are that far off from being good. If, if we hire Gallant, maybe we give him a five-year window. I think it would be close to getting – we'll get in the playoffs, I'm hoping, two to three years from now. So, if you hire Gallant this season, you give him two years of being dragged throughout the media. Everyone hates him, blah, blah, blah. If you're not winning, everyone's going to hate him. So, he's already on a short leash by the time we're starting to get good. I think the next coach is when, when we will actually win a cup. So that's why I kind of – I'm so indifferent to it because I, I just don't think we're close to having our coach that you, will really matter. You can't fire a coach for being bad or the team's performance because guess what? That means you're going to have to fire somebody next year and the year after that too because mm-hmm. they're right, going to be right. bad for the next three years. Right. And, and I, if, you look, if you look at I Steve Eisman's general manager career – I think he's only gone through one coach. He hasn't gone through many coaches. I know Tampa was really good when he yeah, got over there. Like they, down there, I think. Okay. But he hasn't gone through that many coaches, which I think is kind of uh, maybe maybe kind of uh, – he's, he's absorbed from the Detroit Red Wings system when he played because he's only played for Scotty – well, he, I think he's played for three coaches uh, when he was at Detroit overall. Yeah, he's, But, he's I mean, for a long four. stint of his career – I mean, Scotty Bowman was his head coach. So, I think only like, like, the average NHL I think team only like goes to coaches. Eight years huh? or nine years. What you said? I guess that is a long time. Never mind. That's Never mind. a long time in the NHL. Like, Detroit, 
Yes. Really hasn't yes, gone through. I mean, the past 20 years, we've only had Scotty Bowman and Mike Babcock. And then now we have uh, Blasher. Right. So, I mean, I know, and I know, obviously, when we were the Dead Wings, we, I think we had, like, two coaches. Yeah, like, we yeah, weren't, like, any yeah, other yeah, NHL yeah. team. But I, I just don't think Steve, Steve Eisman has gone through that many coaches. When he played, he didn't have that many coaches. I think he's kind of under the mindset of having some stability so mm-hmm. people get comfortable. So, I honestly, to, what I was going to say, I think that speaks more to Eisman than it does Jeff Blaschel. Blaschel, yes. he, can, yes. he can suck. He can – we don't know. Like, we just don't know. Everyone, every time I've ever read anything, people speak well about Jeff Blaschel. But his record, obviously, is awful. And that's that's how it is. But um, it's I, – I just – I don't know. It's really – I think it – Steve Eisman can go one of two ways here. And I think it's either – like uh, Adam said, he might be – gearing up for uh, Gallant, his line mate, or, or Dan Bozmore finding finding out another option because Stevie Y is smart. He keeps his options open. But I think his first thought is try to keep stability. Yes. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely agree on that with Eisman. I think uh, I think all of this speaks way more to Eisman than it does Blaschel as far as keeping Blaschel around. But let's – so I had a couple other points um, about the Eisman conference. Um Adam, you shook your head earlier when me and Jesse said that the, the reporters were the most. So, you got four. I, so I was shaking my head at something else, probably. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so, no, I'm I said. the head coaches that Iserman had in his playing career, Nick Polano, Harry Neal, Brad Park, Jacques Demare. Jacques Demare, then yes, yes. Barry Smith, Dave Lewis. Yeah, but of those coaches, wait, are you talking about head coaches? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And that's between what the uh, time 86 and 92? 83 to 84. 83 uh, to 05. Okay. And then yeah. Babcock came in in 05. Uh, for the Lightning, Guy Boucher was the first uh, coach, and then John Cooper came in after that. But anyway. Yeah. You know what? I got to do more fact checking. I used to know my facts before this, but then Adam came on, and I just kind of took like the Drew side of just saying vague open-ended statements that had no <laughs> foundation basis. Okay. Yet, but now I gotta start. All right. Well, I, I gotta do my fact check. Suck my foundation. So <laughs> let's go. Right. Let's go. So you got forty-five minutes with Steve Eisman. You're a professional reporter. I'm not trying to dig at all the reporters, but I've got to say I'm astounded every time I watch one of these YouTube things and how boring their questions are, how... You should go up there. How obvious, how obvious the answers are going to be. And I know that's how most of reporting is because you don't want to make some sort of bad question to try to put them in some sort of bad position to where they can't answer. But Trevor Thompson asks Steve Eisman, how do you think... Because obviously the AHL is done right? Like they're, they're, they're just scrapping the entire season playoffs are done. Same with the ECHL. So he, he asked Steve Eisman, how does this affect, how does this affect Grand Rapids? I just want to slap him and be like, how do you think it affects Grand Rapids? Steve Eisman gives this obvious, um, elegant, nice answer. Like, Oh, it's obviously not good. We would have liked to have finished the season down there in Grand Rapids, blah, blah, blah. It's like, what kind of question is that? To me, it's it, not 80% of 
I, I spent 45 minutes watching that speech today and yesterday. And I saw maybe three to four questions that I thought were worth writing down the answer. I think that's kind of a problem. Like, why can't we ask someone interesting questions? We ask the most obvious questions our reporters do. You like think it's treatment, like he asks what we tell you to ask, otherwise you don't come in? A little bit, yes. Obviously, I don't think it's Eisenman's doing, but I think it's kind of like playing with kid gloves as far as reporters go because they just ask the most obvious and nice questions like, can you give us dates? Obviously, they're not giving you dates. Do you think Steve Eisenman's giving you dates, even though Gary Bettman said that they weren't giving dates? Like, it just seems like they're all just softballs and they're just lobbing them up there. And I'm not just talking about coronavirus. I'm just talking about the team in general, the franchise in general. I'm not saying they should grill Eisenman, but ask honest questions that people want to know. Don't ask these questions that legitimately any somewhat mediocre Red Wings fan would have the answer to off the top of their head. Like, I, am I crazy? If I, did, you, did you watch the interview, Adam, in, in full or just, just a couple questions? Because if, if you would have seen all the questions, I watch almost every single time they have a press conference in full because I, I really love watching Eisenman basically talk because he's so calm no matter what. I really enjoy – he's just a calming figure, really. Um, I, I didn't watch it at all. I read his comments that Blash was most likely going to be back. And, again, there's a lot of – subtle lawyer language in that he doesn't say Blaschel's going to be back. He says most likely in a lot of words like that. Right. Um, right. And then I saw comments about uh, there will be a captain for next year. Um, but yes. I didn't, I didn't. Yeah. yeah. He did. He did. Um, one of the, one of the decent questions someone asked, I, I wish I would wrote it down so I could give him credit, but, Someone asked their, his overall feel on Larkin. He spoke real highly on Larkin, which in another sense, what is he going to do, dog him? Obviously, he's going to talk highly of him. But he spoke seriously highly of him. Um, I think it was kind of a pointed question because it was obviously, you know, right after someone asked him about the captaincy. So it was kind of like, what do you think about Dylan Larkin? Randomly, even though we're talking about the captaincy. And he spoke seriously high of him. Um, I guess that goes to another debate, whether or not you guys think Larkin will be named captain this summer or not. But just in general, it, it was – it's just interesting to see how our reporters ask the most obvious questions. But what do you think? Uh, Larkin getting to see this summer or no? Should we get on record or are you guys not ready for that? I mean, I'm ready. Here's before we do that. I have no plans on making a coaching change at this time. If that's not the mm -hmm. most lawyered, you could say, right. yeah, I'm going to do what I want when I want. Like, no, he has no plans right now because he's got to immediately call Gallant and Laviolette and all these other people and do the interviews. And guess what? Sometime when the news is not paying attention in August because the playoffs have started, then he's going to hire somebody. Well, did, did, you, hear, did you hear him say – they said, Jesse, you pointed this out to me yesterday when you were over for a minute. Yeah. Um, they he, they asked him, um, did you did you meet with Blaschel? Or they said something like he. They I'll say. It, I'll say. It. Okay, so, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. The, the way the way if when you watch it, 
the very first question about Blashill is basically, how do you think about him? He gives like a long-winded statement of basically you couldn't judge him based on the season because that team was so bad. And then the second question is, what are we going to do with him? And he basically said, I had the same feeling about Jeff Blashill as I said February 21st. That was verbatim when he said, whatever reporters wrote down, that is not – basically, he just referred to a statement on February 21st. I don't know what that statement was. I imagine, based on what you said, he probably said we're most likely going to keep him. I imagine that's what he's referring to now. But uh, then two questions later, some girl asked him, so how was the meeting with Jeff Blashill? And, the, and Steve Eisman's yes. like, what meeting? Like, what do you – like, what do you, I didn't yeah. have a meeting with him. No, he, he, said, he, he said, I don't recall mentioning a meeting. Yeah, that's what – yeah. That but was, it was like, And he said it in a nice way, but it was like – Honestly, that's what really got me mad about these reporters is because they weren't listening for one to his answers because he is speaking eloquently in some aspects. I remember one time he forgot how to – I forget what word it was, but he forgot one word off the top of his head, yeah, which I'm yeah, now yeah. forgetting. But uh, other than that, he was speaking very eloquently and specifically and choosing his words carefully. And I mean, these reporters were just not following. Some Eisenman's of a pimp. It's really, it's really that simple. But Eisenman's uh, a living god. I didn't really get anything out of that. I mean, the Dylan Larkin thing, they were just saying he, he said that he was going to choose a captain for next year. Yeah, yeah. He never gave a timeline of when he was going to do that. Uh, speculations, obviously, Dylan Larkin. I think it will be Dylan Larkin. I think it's the wrong move. I think there's no foundation in our team. I think, Eisman, if I was the general manager, I get the, the idea of you need – like, we did so poorly this year, like, so, so bad that – I guess the first start is picking a captain, picking your nucleus of your team and trying to go off it and build off it. But I just don't know where the nucleus is. Like, in my opinion, it's Tyler Bertuzzi. But I don't think Larkin is our nucleus. And I don't think you should build a whole franchise team around him. But that's just me. I'm, I'm not giving up on Larkin. I've always been a Larkin guy. Um, I think he's good. I'm, I think he improved more than I thought he would. I'm not saying I think he's going – I don't, I don't know if he's necessarily going to be the most skilled player on the team, if he's going to be, in your mind, Jesse, the nucleus. Like, I think he might be the Steve Eisman to, say, a Joe Valeno's Sergey Fedorov. There might be a guy who's still in our system, who's more skilled, who will get more points during our cup years, hopefully that are God willing coming, inshallah. Um, that has more points, and but he might be the leader. And I do think he has leadership qualities. From every game I've ever seen Dylan Larkin play, I've seen him get frustrated, but I've never seen him quit on the puck. I've never seen him quit on a play. He just seems like he has no fucking quit in him. See, I totally just – I've seen him quit on plays, I feel. I've seen I, – I feel like I've seen people go around him and him openly be frustrated in, in that time. He's quitting on the play because he's not focused on what's happening. He's openly frustrated. The guy just got around you, and he's not backtracking anymore because he's just like – he's just – that's how time, he's reacting. The only time I've ever seen him show his frustration is in between whistles, and I don't really care about that if he's, if he's swinging a stick or whatever he's doing. I, I don't really care as long as it's not too disgraceful. But um, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if – Whoever else is in our farm system, I'm hoping is Joe Valeno. That's the biggest prospect I'm excited about. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they are appoint leaders during our cup years. But 
I, I do think Larkin's going to get the C. Um, I don't think – Eisenman re- – Jesse, you have to listen to the part where he speaks about Larkin. He spoke seriously high of him. Like, no, I know. He, he, like, went on, like, a little rant about him. Not, like, a quick 20-second, like, oh, yeah, great kid, love him, blah, blah, blah. No, it was, like, about his character, about – I don't know. He I, he spoke pretty highly of him. It was it was pretty nice to hear. And yeah, and it, that's and in my mind that that conversation you're taking that as Eisen. Obviously, Eisen knows Larkin better than we do. So you're taking that as if Eisen knows more than what we see. So obviously there is something there. But I I guess I view that statement as basically Eisen solidified that he's making Larkin the captain essentially. And on top of that, he's boasting him up to the media because well yeah he okay. he's just trying to get this guy to right, go right, right. get the, the the wheels turning in any way possible so let's drag him up let's yeah. get him yeah. motivated and so that's don't want it's a win-win honestly if he's, he's trying to help Larkin become a better player by talking him up and also he's gonna give him the C but in my opinion on the ice I don't see I think he's gonna sh- a lot better I just I don't see us going in very far with him as our captain, but you know what? Things can change. He can improve. So let's let's move on. I got one other point about Eisenman's um, speech. Uh, hey, oh, you got something? You got something? Go ahead, go. Sorry, sorry. I can I can barely see you. It's dark in here. I, I can barely see you. You're dark. Um, <laughs> so I I agree with Jesse. I've said it before. I'm not the hugest Larkin fan. I, if you go back to before the trade deadline, back when hockey was still a thing, I thought there was an outside chance that we would actually trade him. Obviously, that didn't happen. Um, but you look at the Wings roster, they're not going to give it to a navigator or a helm, somebody who's only going to be here for a couple more years, if even another year. So that takes Nielsen, Philpola. They're, they're not getting it. The only one that I I think you could even have a discussion about, because typically the captain is the best player on the team, you're looking at Mantha, Larkin, and Bertuzzi, and I think that's pretty much where the conversation stops. Nobody on the defense is getting it. Uh, It's on the active rosters, um, and there's really nobody else at forward. With that being said – I don't think Mantha or Bertuzzi get it. Mantha, it, it's just not his game. I haven't seen the leadership qualities. He takes shifts off. Like you said earlier, Drew, uh, he needs to get motivated to play. He plays his best hockey when he breaks his hand in fights, and then he's out for a month afterwards. Um, and then so Bertuzzi, true. on the other hand, he's a good player. I'm hesitant to call him great, even though he's among the team leading in scoring. But he's not – again, he, and he, he is a leader by the way that he plays, and he's got that grit to him. Mm-hmm. But he's not a leader in the way that you would want a captain to be, to be led. So no. if you're going by active roster, it's kind of got to be Larkin just mm-hmm. by process of elimination. Right, um, right. I'd be very curious to see how uh, Navalino Cider mm-hmm. shakes out. Mm-hmm. He could be – from what I'm hearing, like the Scott Stevens type captain of the wings. That's, that's, which, go ahead, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Which would be absolutely phenomenal, obviously. But if you're going to name a captain before the season starts, you're not going to give Probably it to a fireworks. kid that played a game over somebody who is the heir apparent for the wings. 
Well, that's that's why earlier this before he stated that they plan on naming a captain this summer or this offseason. Sorry, that's why I entertain the fact that we might be looking at uh, another year without a captain. Maybe they were saving that slot for maybe a Mo, Mo Sider or a, or a Joe Valeno. But because they said this offseason, like you said, process of elimination, it literally can only be Dylan Larkin. I love Tyler Bertuzzi, and he's my favorite type of hockey player, period. My all-time favorite type of hockey player is legit Tyler Bertuzzi. Skill, grit, toughness, everything. He can, he can fight a little bit. He's fast. He can, he can basically score most types of goals. Great player. But on a Stanley Cup team, I'm sorry to say it, he's, he's my second favorite player on the team. Stanley Cup team, Tyler Petruzzi is a third liner. I hate to say it. Second, second at best. If he's having a great year, which he just did, he's Holmstrom a second liner. First liner. Say it again. Holmstrom was a first liner. Yeah. And he looks like a, he looks like a Holmstrom to me. The only uh, note I want to say not, is Detroit not anymore. Has, Hockey's a lot different than when Holmstrom played, boys. True, but the only thing I, I want to say Holmstrom. Is, hold on, hold on. I, I got to go over one more point. This relates to both those two guys. Before this is about the speech, <clears throat> Eisman addressed. They were talking about um, obviously Bertuzzi and Mantha are RFAs this off season. I, I'm so used to saying this summer, but that probably won't be the case. This offseason, there are a face. Eisenman said, we will sign them. That, that was basically no doubt in the Bertuzzi case. I think everyone would have agreed we were going to sign Bertuzzi for sure. Manta, there's been a lot of scuttlebutt, a lot of rumors about him maybe being offer sheeted, right, for Montreal. The, Montreal is looking to snipe him, blah, blah, blah. It might all be bullshit. Who knows? I think it's probably mostly bullshit, but I also think Manta could very well end up in Montreal after this next contract if our shit doesn't go well. But he said we will sign them. So to me, that reads, if Eisman pays attention to any of the rumors, I don't know if he does, but him saying we will sign them means if he does get offer sheeted, the Red Wings will probably do their absolute best to match it. So I don't know. What do you guys think? Um, I guess my take would be it's probably the right move because, to be honest, Eisman doesn't have that many moves. I mean, I know I made fun of you about the draft lottery and all that being the only way to make a team better, but obviously the draft lottery matters and getting – that's obviously a a point. We can get a good couple guys from the the draft. But right now in the next couple years – you basically are – I don't know what our trade – like, I haven't heard anything about trade rumors of getting anyone really good to our team. No. So, right now, we got to keep – we got to keep the mediocres. And Mantha is mediocre right now. He has he, – he, he disappears from a lot of games, but sometimes he does show up. He's obviously not as bad as a lot of our other players, Applicator. We don't have that many options. So, we have to sign – Bertuzzi's not mediocre, in my opinion. But we got to sign Bertuzzi. And then I think Mantha is honestly kind of – it's kind of we, – we don't have any options. We're the last-place team, and he's good enough to be on our team. And we need uh, someone who can at least be good enough because we don't – we can't go backwards. If we go backwards, we're going to go in a hole that it's going to take 10 years to get out of. 
I'll, I'll before you go, Adam. I'll I'll rebut that a little bit. I wouldn't say Mantha is mediocre. He didn't have a great year last year. The year before, he, he's a thirty goal scorer, and I think honestly, his potential is to be a consistent thirty goal scorer. Um, I, I think agree. that's where he can comfortably set. That's not a mediocre player, but it, it, it I'm saying right now he's mediocre. This year he, he was. A, he's not he a was, thirty goal scorer like right now. Like he's not a guaranteed. His potential's up well, there, that's and that's, that's what true. everyone's looking at him. But right now he's mediocre. In my mind, Tyler Bertuzzi is not mediocre. Tyler Bertuzzi is not maybe great, but he's honestly, I think Tyler Bertuzzi could be second line on a lot of teams. The way he's playing, and to be honest, he might even be a first liner. Because he's surprising all of us. I think he looks like a third liner. He looks like Drew Miller sometimes when he skates, but he's getting goals left and right, and he's doing it consistently. What do you think, Adam? Where, where, where do you land on the whole Mantha maybe controversy? You're muted again. Yeah, this mute one. Uh, he's a good player. He's borderline great. He hasn't progressed the way that I'd like to see him. He – I go back to the – and I always go to Tavares, but I'm sure there's other better examples. Good players will put up a ton of points on bad teams because they're the only good players on the team, and they're always on the ice. Yes. Mantha yeah. will put up a ton of points because he's a pure shooter, and the team doesn't really have another pure shooter out there. Nope, not one. He's a – good borderline great player who maybe on a good team just takes off but he hasn't done that yet yeah. if we get or if he gets offer sheeted from montreal in the nine million dollar range have him i i you can't I, that's a good point well that's that's it's what like, i was yeah that's what i was that's why i brought it up because that's exactly what i was thinking i was thinking how much do you think Montreal is willing to toss at Anthony Mantha? And how much are you really thinking Eisenman's willing to match? Because I would say, I don't know, 6.57 mil is, is seriously fair after this last season. This, the season before, I'd be signing him for a lot more because I thought he, he had a hell of a future. I still think he does. But a lot well, more is up in the air after this last year. What's that? He he missed a lot to injuries this year too. Which yes, you know, absolutely. Hold against him, but at the same time, you gotta stay healthy. You only played yeah. forty three games. Yes. You know, thirty eight points in forty three games. No no one's scoffing at that. That's a seventy some point pace. Cool, but well, that doesn't help the team very much. You know, when you're on the ice for forty three games, that's something that you have to recognize the the other part about it is with the salary cap situation kind of in a flux and not knowing what it's going to be or where compliance buyouts are going to be going into the next season the wings need as much cap space as possible to weaponize against other teams that need to get cap compliant so if montreal is going insane on whatever their offer is you almost have to pass in order to keep that cap space available to try to take somebody off somebody else's team or use it on a David Clarkson contract and just turn around and get a first round pick with David Clarkson. Who's never going to play again. Nathan Horton, Pavel Batsu, Chris Pronger, who's still technically mm. on the guy. <laughs> yeah. 
So I think what what you said earlier about Mantha's injury prone behavior or whatever you'd like to call it with him fighting. I think I stated it earlier, uh, I think last year, just watching him play, he clearly is so much more productive when he's physically engaged, hitting, fighting, he gets pissed off. He's better out there. He scores more goals after he's had something happen to him to piss him off. But that kind of hurts his game because every time he fights, he gets injured. So it's like, I love the way he plays. I love how he gets hit, he gets rocked, or someone hacks him, and he starts hitting, he starts getting seriously engaged, and then he starts producing points. Because it's almost like a switch flips in his head to where he just gets fucking ready to go. And I love watching it. And you can see it. But if he can't do that and stay healthy – if I'm another team looking to get him, I would consider that because it's like he's so inconsistent in general. He's got great skill. We've all seen it. Amazing skilled player. Fucking rocket of a shot, big, strong kid, kind of a power forward with a fucking snip to him. But if he's getting injured so often and the only way he can play is when he's getting physically engaged, play well, I mean – it's it's really it it takes down his 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 worth, but uh, I'll let you guys rebuke this. But after this, we got, I gotta I gotta shut her down. I gotta help put the babies to sleep. Sleepy pie. Yeah, guys, I'm 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 good to go. I mean, I think Adam brought up a good point about what Montreal could possibly offer and yes, make uh, make an opportunistic uh, just let them go, depending if they over overtake them. But uh, other than that. I mean, my, my standpoint would still be the same, which is uh, you're going to sign Bertuzzi and, yeah, Mantha. Mantha's there's, – there's, uh, there's more potential to see what can happen to him because there's a lot of – there's a lot of play with him. Yes, there is. There is. What do you think, Adam? You got anything or are you – I think you need a light on your uh, patio there. <laughs> I did not expect to be recording this late, to be honest. <laughs> I do. No, I'm good. There, there's plenty of other stuff that we could get into, but we're going a little long now, mm-hmm. um, and we need to save something for next week because, uh, again, they don't start playing until August, probably yes. at the earliest. So. Yes, yes, we got we got real excited for good reason for for great news. The league has at least thought of a way to come back. Um, so I don't know. Maybe maybe later this week we can set up something to where we do a playoff prediction, or even if we're back meeting in person, that would be great. Josh, you got to come over and uh, finish setting up the video. Um, but um, yeah, I don't know. Keep 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 an eye out if you're listening. Um, Adam did a Twitter video. I'm doing a Twitter video every once in a while if something happens. Jesse is going to start doing them. Hopefully Matt starts doing them because Matt is naturally funny i have to pretend to be funny and matt is usually naturally funny that'd be nice um josh is naturally ugly so we got that going no rebuttal from josh okay crickets all right Mm -hmm. with the birds birds, the cravings all right so um and maybe bad i'm getting coronavirus right now as we speak if on youtube right now uh this could be my last (laughs) name 
Yes. And if Josh ever does get these videos up on the internet, if uh, you're watching on YouTube. Uh, oh, I mean, people don't want to watch an hour and a half YouTube, so I'm going to have to cut it up. But... Okay. Well, yeah, that's, that's not, totally my, fault. That's not my fault. Drew's been like in a closet where it's pitch black and you can't see anything about him for the past like 45 Look at minutes. This. Look at what? Anyways. All right. So if you're yeah, listening, that's... if you're listening to the audio version, um, go on Twitter, go on Instagram. We're on both this one those. Will uh, on YouTube. This one will be on YouTube. I'll this one will be out. on YouTube. We'll be on YouTube. That's a promise. That's a Josh Craven yeah. promise. People don't if he really fails like to this, put it up in less than a month, we get to shave his head. Yeah, I can put you it already agreed to that. You already agreed to that. Aren't I recorded. Click on an hour and a half video, but whatever. All right. Love you. All right, boys. I'll talk to you guys. We got to do something later this week. Video in person, maybe. All right. All right, boys. Peace.